Hey everybody, welcome to Same Team, an LGBTQ sports podcast. My name is Daniel Trainer. I'm the host of this podcast. The more I do this, the more cheesy I feel every time I do an introduction. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Anyway, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. I am very excited about today's episode. My guest today, Jake Barrow. Jake is uh, an assistant coach of the women's volleyball team at the University of Oklahoma. Heard of it? Uh, he went to school at the University of Wisconsin. We bond over being Big Ten buddies and uh, a lot of other stuff, too. Jake is a, a really fun guy. I love the conversation that I had with him. He, you know, has so much interesting stuff to say about what it means to be a coach, which I always find really fascinating because my brain doesn't quite operate that way. You know, we talk about w- what it means to be a good coach and, and why great athletes aren't necessarily great mentors or great coaches and, uh, and why Jake has really followed his passion around the country and, and, and what a life it is, really. You know, I, I we don't often think about coaches and I think on a collegiate level like this especially I mean Jake's a young guy um, but he's in there every day doing the gritty work and it's it's really exciting he loves what he does and you can tell so it was a really fun time chatting with him Uh, let's just get to it right Uh, same team one-on-one conversation with University of Oklahoma assistant women's volleyball coach Jake Barrow I am extremely excited to chat with you. This has been a long time coming, and uh, it's great that it's finally happening. Welcome to Same Team. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. So I always like to ask, uh, tell me where you grew up and and what that was like for you. I I know, so I'm not going to (laughs) spoil it, but I I want you to tell me what your childhood was like. Yeah, um, I grew up just north of Madison, Wisconsin, um, in a town about 10,000 people. So, I mean, I don't know, it, it was smaller, but it didn't seem that way, you know, growing up. And, um, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty stereotypical childhood. I mean, I come from a, a, a divorced home. So, you know, my, my parents divorced when I was five, but still spent time with both of them. And, um, I have a twin brother and an older sister. So, you know, I, I had a kind of a built in best friend the entire time. And it's beautiful. Uh, yep. Yep. We did the whole, uh, private school thing until we were in high school. So I was in a class of, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 15 kids, including, you know, myself and my brother. So <laughs> did you ever get it? To, did you ever get it to any shenanigans together? Were you like, that, what's, that his, really, what's his name? Know, like, his name's Eric, and and honestly, through most of our childhood, he was like a half a foot shorter than me. So oh no, kind of, yeah, he's he's caught up now, and he's like this like ridiculous marathon runner athlete, and I feel like completely like a failure in our family because ever you know my brother and my sister are like these ultra kick ass runners, and I'm definitely not. But um, oh come on, don't I mean you're making it sound like you're a couch potato, Jake? No, no, but compared to these two, I mean they're pretty they're pretty stellar. But anyway, I mean he was. Yeah, he was like a half foot shorter than me till we probably got out almost into college. And I think everyone just kind of assumed he was my little brother for a long right, time. Right, right, right. Yeah, like once we got to high school and we didn't have to 
be in every single class all day together, we we took advantage of that. And I don't think I saw him for four years, basically. So we, we didn't, you know, do anything together really in high school. We, we wanted to spread our wings a little bit. And then college, you know, I went on to, to Wisconsin. He chose to go to a tech school and then ended up at um, a different four-year school. And yeah, so we kind of just went our own separate paths there. We're, we're very different people, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was interesting in that way. I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine that like this person that you spend so much time with, I mean, quite literally from birth, and then you you go to a private school where there's like 15 other kids, and he happens to be one of them. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm sure you got to your age, you're like, I never need to see you again for the rest yeah, of my like, life. We we've yeah, I've gotten my my fair share of you for you know the a large a large portion of time. So I was. Yeah, I was ready to do something different, and so was he. I'm sure he was sick of me at that point. Yeah, so I I just talked to somebody who was from Wisconsin or is from Wisconsin, I suppose. Brad Thorson, who I had on this podcast uh, last month, who played football at Wisconsin. We talked about okay. what it was like growing up in Wisconsin, uh, and then you know he followed much of the same path. He went to he went to school in Madison uh, for a bit before transferring. But uh, what was Wisconsin like? I sort of told Brad that I have a bit of a feel of it because I have my mom's side of the family is from the upper peninsula of Michigan, which, yeah. you know, obviously shares a border up there with Wisconsin and they were from the far west side of uh, of the state. So I, I spent some time in Wisconsin growing up and have a bit of a feel of, you know, kind of what rural Wisconsin is certainly like. What yeah. was growing up in Wisconsin like for you? I mean, growing up was was great. I mean, we didn't we didn't like travel a ton or get outside of Wisconsin much. So when I went to Madison, which was you know, 35 minutes away from my hometown, which seemed crazy because it's, you know, it's in the middle of the city. There's, it's kind of, it's a little crazy and there's, you know, 45,000 students. So to me, that was like the biggest I'd ever seen. Oh, and yeah. it was, it was, um, it was a lot right at first, but it was, it was the, the most amazing experience. Like a Madison's beautiful. And when you like grow up going to school in snow pants, like that, the weather doesn't, <laughs> affect you at all so i wasn't worried about that or anything but i was just I, reminiscing i i sorry to cut you off i, I was just back i was just back in michigan over the holidays and i went to school at michigan state um so i, I understand uh cold when it comes to traversing to and from class and a friend yeah. of mine were we were just reminiscing about this like it's it's really remarkable that for the winter months that we even made it to class. I mean, we're, we're talking about like, you know, we would have to, and, and Madison, I think is, is the same as East Lansing. It's a big campus. I mean, you could have a, you could have a class that's quite literally like a 40 minute walk away yeah. and you're expected to get there at 8am in right. February. And yeah. it's just wild. Like we would go, we would like duck into buildings on the way there to like warm up on the walk to class. You had to. Yeah. Class or, was like never canceled because never. of snow. It would only never. be if it was like, okay, you can't be outside for more than 15 minutes without like severely injuring yourself because it was that cold. Like that was it. It was never because of snow. I try and you and just follow the paths that people make through the snow. That's what you do. It's so wild. Like it's, <laughs> it's really crazy that I would wake up at my, with my alarm and be like, yep, I'm going to go to class. Like, I mean, God, I mean, who was I? I mean, what, what a student, a, a plus. I mean, I really give myself <laughs> a lot of credit looking back now. It's like now I'd be like, absolutely not i am right, staying right. inside but we were saying like don't you feel that that breeds a sense of community on campus like 
we're all getting through this together. This is brutal, yeah. but it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of fun at the end of the day because we know it's ridiculous. Like I can't imagine going to a school where it didn't sort of suck being outside for most of the year. Right. Yeah. And I think I just didn't really think anything of it because that was my whole life before right. that. Right. Right. But yeah, I, I can't say a bad thing about about the college experience. And it was it was phenomenal. I mean, in the, the one month of summer that you got, it was it was beautiful. And it was you know, it was it was a good place, both for me, just experiencing other people because it's such a liberal place. And there's so many people from all over in different walks of life. Like that was very eye opening for me in a really cool way. And just being, being able to be close to home, but far enough away to like establish myself was, was perfect for me at that time. Yeah. So what we'll get to college in, in a second, when you're growing up and, and through high school, what role are sports playing? Were you an athlete, uh, your entire life? So I come from a very athletic family. Like my mom, my mom played basketball her whole life. She was a great tennis player. She played volleyball. I mean, she's she's um, one of four girls, and they range from five ten to six two. Wow. Um, and my dad's my dad played baseball his whole life. He he actually coaches um, collegiate softball now, and he's been coaching softball my whole life. Um, so we we my mom's side is all basketball players. I had a couple, um, you know, a cousin and an aunt that played a couple aunts that played collegiate volleyball. But um, when we grew up, basketball was a thing. Like my grandpa was a coach of our team for a long time, and that's just what we did. So that was the first sport I played, and I played until I was probably sixteen or something. And that, that's when I first like picked up volleyball, you know. And I, it was it was kind of cool. Like the, I remember I made I made JV basketball, and I went in and told the coach, "I'm like, listen, like I'm super appreciative for the opportunity, but I don't like I could just feel like this was not." the sport that I wanted to play anymore. And I told him, I was like, I think you should just give this spot to someone that, that really wants it. And it's I just quite a lot of, uh, it's very insightful for a, for a high school <laughs> was, man. I don't know if it was insightful or just trying to get out of the running because that was, <laughs> yeah. that's, that was where I was at. But sure. Sure. I, I didn't, I didn't do basketball of the year. I did club volleyball for the first time and I was scared out of my mind, but I did it. And I, um, that's kind of how I fell in love with it. But our, our high school coach of our girls team, because we didn't have a boys team, um, she was, she'd been the coach for a long time. She'd coached my mom. She, she'd coached all my aunts, uh, my sister. Um, so like I had a little bit of an in with her, but I had no experience with volleyball and she kind of took me under her wing and let me, you know, play and practice. And I was so bad. And, and she let me, you know, take on coaching roles here and there. And like, mm-hmm. I would never laying have... the groundwork. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it was fantastic, and and she's but why, now. Why vo- I mean, why volleyball? It's sort of an untraditional sport for somebody to be attracted yeah. to, especially when there isn't even a, a, a boys' varsity program at the school. Why? No. What drew you to it? I I remember just playing, like I remember a playing experience and a, and a viewing experience. Like I I remember we were like, I think we were in middle school and we did like one of those teachers versus students games, and oh, volleyball was one of the games. Yep, did that. So we, we tried that, and I I remember we played volleyball, and I was like, this is so much fun. Like, I, How I just tall are you? I'm 6'2", and I was honestly probably about this size when I was in eighth grade. Like, I didn't grow anymore. From yeah, there. I'm kind of the same way. I think we're – yeah, like, I'm I, I'm like 6'2", six 6'3", six but, like, feel like I've been the same height since I was, like, 14. Yeah, yeah. Ever since then, it's just been horizontal growth, you know? Not, none of the, <laughs> God, none of the you and me both, pal. You and me both. <laughs> 
so that was that was it. But my cousin, um, who was f- four years older than me at the time, so she would have been in high school. Um, she was an all-state volleyball player and went on to play at Wisconsin. And um, I just remember watching her and being like, "Wow, like this is this is so cool. Like she's so like the game is so fast and she's so she's so good. Like I would love to be able to play like that someday." And I was, you know, I don't know how old I was—ten, eleven, twelve, or something. But right. Um, yeah, like I just remember those two moments and, and then it just kind of snowballed. Like I, I just lived to play and I would beat up the, you know, side of our, um, garage, just hitting the ball against the garage by myself. And <laughs> most, <laughs> I feel like most kids are beating up their garage doors with hockey pucks in, in Wisconsin yeah. or in the Midwest. You were doing it with yes. volleyball, which is interesting. With the volleyball. Yep. And I remember I would like, I would play in the house and we had these like pendant lights and, um, of course, like I would, some, something, a volleyball would hit the light, the light would break. And my mom just said like, we're I'm not buying any more lights. So we will go without light until you're out of the house or whatever, <laughs> until you, until you learn your lesson. So I, there was like a good stretch of time where we had no light in the kitchen because <laughs> I was just, I would just play volleyball all the time by myself. Well, I mean, listen, were you like, like what, who were you in, in high school? Were you a little bit of a loner? Were you kind of like an insular solitary kid? I was like a, a big nerd, like very into school. Um, and that doesn't make you a nerd, Jake. Well, that was all that I that was all that I like was really into. Like I I did all the non traditional sports. Like I I right. did karate. I did bowling. Bowling. I, did, I was a big bowler. Big bowler. Are you That's still? Actually something you still brother, bowl? I do, but not not a time. What's your all time high? What's your all time high bowling score? I don't know. Something yes, in the you don't. Yes, you do. Something in the two hundreds, but I, okay. I, I'm weird. Like I had to use a, a right-handed bowling ball for the longest time until I got my own, but I'm left-handed. So it was like, it was strange, but I, I don't know. I played all the, I played all the weird but sports. But I'm, I'm asking that because it seems like volleyball, as you're describing it, despite being a team sport, I suppose, is something that you can kind of practice on your own. So that's maybe that's, you know, a, another reason why you were drawn to it. I'm just trying to psychoanalyze you here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, it was cool to me because like none of the skills that are involved with volleyball are, are that similar to like any other sport. So mm-hmm. it was kind of nice for me. Like it was a cool challenge. Like I, I had no background with it. Nobody that I was around had a ton of background with it. Um, so I just wanted to give it a try for myself. And um, the Madison area had, had club teams, had um, high school teams. Uh, so I, that's where I went to play club for, three years before going on to college and it was, it was a really cool experience for me, but yeah. So, so when you, when you're making your decision about where to go to school, is there any other choice? I mean, did you want to go or even think about going anywhere else than Wisconsin? I, I looked at some smaller schools and a couple to play volleyball, Mm. but, um, as I like Wisconsin was the first school I applied to the first school I got accepted to. And I knew that like, at that point in my life, like I hadn't really experienced volleyball at a high level. So I just, um, really wanted to go and do my school thing. So that just made like the the most sense to me. It had a good business school. That's what I was interested in. And it was close to home still. So yeah, that was kind of the choice. And they, and they, I knew they had club volleyball teams. Right. Um, so I knew that I could continue to play. So yeah. Yeah, so walk me through your your experience in Madison from a sports perspective, and then we'll we'll backtrack and go through it from more of a, a personal 
perspective. So you get to you get to campus. You know that you're going to play club volleyball. At what point? I mean, you were doing a little bit of of coaching and mentoring in high school. You said at what point during college do you start thinking about coaching and how does that come into your life in more of a real way? Right. Well, my my freshman year when I tried out for the club team, I had this like illusion that I was an attacker, like I could be a hitter because I'm tall. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm really not that tall for a volleyball player. And I don't have these um, like insane ups that I can be like, you know, like I, I'm not a gifted jumper. So I almost didn't make a team my freshman year. And I was it was like, say, you really- can't hit it. You can't jump. This so doesn't I, seem I, like it's going to work out well. Change. I made a position change and I, I played played backcourt for the remainder of my career. And, and it ended up being the best thing for me. And I loved it. But. Yeah, so I started started out playing there, and then I kind of just gradually started coaching. Like I remember my freshman year, I was eighteen, and I was coaching like a sixteen year old boys team. And then that next year, I started coaching a girls team, and then I started coaching our our um, women's club team at Wisconsin and helping with that. And then I got like a head high school coaching job when I was like nineteen or twenty. Oh wow! So, so I, how does that I, work? That's I mean, that sounds like a full time job. It, I mean, it, it kind of what like there was definitely more volleyball than school going on at that point, and I think that's when the, the gears started to shift because I would call my mom and be like, "Okay, like I'm I've got class from until two, and then I've got to go to, um, you know, I would like get on a scooter like a moped and moped across like five miles or whatever it was to to the school I was coaching at, go to high school practice, and then I'd come back and I would go to my men's club practice. Oh man. Um, and, and that would be like eight to 10 or something. And then the, either if I would either stay for the women or, or they would go before. So like, it was like all day and I, I loved it. Like there was never a day when I was like, this is too much. Like I just, I loved it. Yeah. So, but as where, I was, getting, how, was business school falling by the wayside during all of this? It, well, I didn't get into it. Like you have to apply to the business school oh. within Wisconsin. So my, my first time applying, I didn't get in and Sorry I was really like, I was a little nervous about it. And this was before volleyball started to become like the main thing. Um, right. But I, I so ended you're up lost. In. You have no idea what to do. Yeah, but I'm like trying to figure out what my plan B is. I didn't have one. I put all my eggs in that basket. But I I got into business school. I got through it, and um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was it was tough, but I mean, I, I liked it. And I think some of the things that I learned are are transferable. I decided to do a marketing and and Spanish double major. And oh, baby. Um, yeah, those those kind of like th- those were really fun classes and I enjoyed it. Um, but towards the end, like when I was getting to be a senior, I knew that like volleyball was the only thing that I was like super excited to get up and do every day. So, yeah, I didn't know what the plan was, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So. All right. So let's let's go back to the beginning and talk more about uh, Jake, the person. When you get to Madison, where are you in terms of your sexuality? Right. Um, Well, I'm not out at all. Um, And I'm living on a floor, you know, with there's two wings. There's 30 guys on one side and there's 30 girls on the other. Sure. And so you can imagine, like, just the mix of people you have. Um, and it was the best, the absolute best thing for me. Um, because I was, I was pretty shy, like coming from going to like the, you know, the small private schools to high school, which was huge at the time. And granted my class was like 150 people. So it wasn't really that big, but 
going into college, which was, you know, the next step up in a huge university, I was terrified. Um, but I slowly kind of came out of my shell. And I think towards the end of my freshman year, um, I came out, like started to come out to my friends at, at Wisconsin and, um, towards the end of my maybe sophomore year, I started to come out to my, to my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was the best, like best thing for me. And I, I, I have no bad experience or no bad story, which is awesome. Like everyone in my family and everyone that I was surrounded by was super loving, caring, supporting. So it was, it was a good experience. And Madison was like the best place for me to be, to as I was going through that part of my life. Did you like date and stuff? How old are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm 29 now. Okay. A couple years younger than me, but it's, it's about, <laughs> it's about the same. I mean, were you dating in college? What was that like? Not, not a ton, like every once in a while. Um, but like, I don't know. You have to remember, like I was prop, not, not even 19 when I was like starting to come out and then 20, I'm like starting to kind of experience what that's like for me. And, um, I don't know, like, it's just such a weird, it's just a weird experience. Like you feel like you're like most people go on their like dates and things when they're 15, 16, you know, and they're like in high school and starting that. Right. And I felt like I was starting that process at 20 years old. Oh yeah. So, it's just like a delayed adolescence basically. Yeah. yeah. And I think every person in our community kind of goes through that. Maybe not so much now. Um, but yeah. But I also think it's a specific it's a specific thing to go through in in college and especially at a big university like that too. I think because it's like, and I don't know if Madison was sort of like East Lansing was, but like we there was like one gay bar in Lansing, but you would have to like take the bus. You know, <laughs> and we like never went because like if we yeah. were like on campus, I'm sure we would have gone. But and yeah. I had friends who would go and like I probably should have gone more, honestly, but it just it just wasn't part of our routine. Yeah. It just wasn't one of the places we went. It like yeah. would have had to have been such a night for us to get the bus and go and yeah. all, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you get it. It's like it's yeah. just not what we did. Yeah. Um, but so but because, playing club volleyball was honestly like the best because I think there was like. Oh, wait a there second. was like almost on every single team. It seemed like there was someone that was gay that I could like be friends with, like hang out with or like whatever. So when we would travel to other colleges for these tournaments or other campuses, there would be people that I could connect with. And like we could we could go out and experience like the gay scene in their did city. You, or did, whatever. You go to East, did you go to East Lansing? Oh, yeah. They, they had. They Where'd had you go? Favorite tournament ever. I don't know if we went out in East Lansing. Would have been Spiral. I don't think I don't think we did. I don't remember taking a bus anywhere, but but we that was that's one of my favorite tournaments. And actually, the Michigan State like men's club team ha- has one of the best like run programs. I feel like uh, I know guys who played on yeah. the club team, but I don't. Yeah. I couldn't name them off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I went to Michigan State every every year for a big tournament well, there. So I hope we we were probably <laughs> um, you know we were probably on campus at the same time at least for two yeah. years. Wow, our paths could have crossed, Jake, and who knows? <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. I didn't. Man, I should have hung around club volleyball more. When I, I did was... a little bit, a little bit in, in college, and then kind of my I think my first like serious relationship once I was getting towards the end of my college career, like right, right at 
I was going to say, like, nobody really dates in college, but, like, I'm thinking I have one, two, three, four, how many <laughs> friends that met in college and are now married? Yeah, that's <laughs> so fair. So I'm fair. not right. Um, okay, well, that's that's interesting. So, you, uh, so you're becoming sort of more comfortable in your own skin and with your sexuality as you uh, – you know, get older and, and get into junior, senior year at college. When you were looking at the end of your tenure in school, what are you thinking? Because like you said, you know, you go to business school, you double major in the stuff, you have all these plans, but volleyball is really the passion. When did you really have to make a decision and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to go after this and not this. And that is probably going to rub some people the wrong way and scare a lot of people, i.e. my family, uh, what am I going to tell them and how scared are you? Yeah. Well, I, I kind of knew that like the route that I had to go in, in our sport in order to get where I wanted to go was to, I had to volunteer somewhere because I, I didn't have division one playing experience. Um, and I, I didn't have that like in my back pocket to go to. So I, I knew I was gonna have to volunteer. So I, had to figure out how to tell my family. <laughs> hey, I just it's I like just, a whole nother coming out process. Yeah, I, I had a, I just took five years of school. Um, now I'm gonna go volunteer for 80 hours a week, but it was perfect because um, I got to jump on with Wisconsin's volleyball program, um, which I'd been involved with, but there was a coaching change, so I wasn't sure. Um, they didn't know me at all, but I was given a chance there, and it was amazing. But I mean, it was. It was tough from the standpoint, like, had no income. If I didn't have family in that area, um, it would have been probably impossible for me. But my my cousin, um, you know, put me up in his house, uh, which was a lifesaver. And, um, you know, I had family close, but it was it was a it was a cool year. I mean, I was working a ton, but it was like it was volleyball all day, all the time. So it was it was great. Yeah. So so you do that in. Where in Wisconsin? At the University of Wisconsin. Oh, so, so you with, just do with it the there. Program. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I wanted to get into collegiate coaching, so that was that was that was what the step was going to need to be for me at that time. Like I, I knew I was going to have to either go be um, a GA somewhere or volunteer. Yeah. So then, so after you volunteer, I mean, what? Oh, geez, sorry, I just dropped my phone on the ground. What <laughs> is what is that life like? I mean, because you, it must be kind of this weird period, right? Because you're you're out of school. Sort yeah. of, but you're not. You're still there. <laughs> it, yeah. Was it a hard adjustment to be living in your college town while being a little bit older and not going to school? Kind of. Kind of. Just because, yeah, like at, at the beginning of it, I was still kind of finishing up school. And then, um, yeah, I was like, okay, now you're a, now you're a working professional. And it's like the, the kids that I – or the players at the time that I was now like on the coach for I had been friends with because I had been like a practice player for them right, through right. my undergrad. So there was there was, you know I think all young coaches go through that tough time where it's like you the the benefit is you're relatable to players that you're working with. The downside is you're relatable to players that you're coaching with. So like sometimes <laughs> right. sometimes you know that's it's a it, it's a good thing and a bad thing. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed that experience and I think everyone needs to go through that just being a young coach working with young athletes like it's just 
it's tough sometimes, but it's where you learn. I think those were the years, those first like five years where I learned the most about myself. Yeah. It's always interesting to talk to a coach. I mean, what about your personality as you got older did you realize would make a good coach? I mean, what are you bringing to the sport that, you know, you, you think maybe other people aren't able to do? Because I think it's an interesting shift, you know, from player to coach. It's almost – I don't want to say that it's like a cocky move to be like, I can teach people how to do this and, like, be a mentor. Because I think yeah. it takes a very specific person because, you know, the best athletes in the world might make horrible coaches, you know? So yeah. it's just, like, an interesting thing. I mean, what about your personality and your mindset as you got older Did you did you really realize would make a good coach? I think that's a awesome point that you just made. And I, I think a lot of times people just assume like, oh, this person was a very good player. They'll be a great coach. Um, but some of the best coaches that I've worked with never played volleyball. Um, and, and I think that was, I will, I'll speak just for myself. Um, you know, when I was starting, I think that was a, like a rude awakening for me. Like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good at volleyball. I'm good at this skill and this skill. Like I should definitely be a coach. And that's not that's not what it is like. And that's, that's kind of half the battle through your younger years is like beating the player out of yourself as right. a coach. Like you're not a player anymore. You're, you're a coach. So you need to figure out how do I connect with this individual and teach them this skill? Or maybe it's not a skill. Like how do I connect with this individual from my own experiences or from other people's experiences or experiences I've had with, with other players to teach them this intangible thing, whatever it is. So that that's that was probably the toughest part about myself. And if I could go back and redo the the years that I was coaching high school volleyball when I was so young, I would definitely do that. Just because it was that that was that was the time when I was like I was overly animated, or I would be you know like I I just I struggled sometimes to relay the message that I was trying to get across to to the kids because I was acting too, I was still a player and I was trying to act too much as a player. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. It, it's yeah, it's just always fascinating to me, you know, what makes a good what makes a good coach. It's just uh I think it's a combination of all the things that you just said and it's it's something that you get better at, I'm sure as you go. Like like yeah. like athletes get better. I mean, you, you need to you need to improve on your coaching just as much as people probably need to improve on their game. It's sort of an interesting yeah. thing. So, and okay, I, no no, please go on. Well, I just I I could find as I was learning more about all the other parts of it, rather than just like being on the court, like, um, you know, the video aspect of things, the, the organizational pieces of things, the administration side of things, the recruiting part of things, like as, as I got more involved into every single aspect of coaching at the collegiate level, that's when I just was like, this is, this is what I need. Cause there, there's a challenge for me every day. I feel like there's always something I can be better at. Yeah. Um, and there's things that I'm really passionate about. So well, it's, it's good. You bring up video. Is there ever – do you ever run into any sort of uh, conflict between like old guard and new guard? I mean I don't know exactly honestly how volleyball coaching really even works and and what – and I, I want to ask this in just a little bit. But like just what a typical day is like for you. But, you know, are you are you trying to push for more – new modern type stuff i mean are you out there with like tablets and video and analytics and all this yeah. stuff are you, are you trying to like push boundaries with that yeah. stuff and is that kind of hard sometimes it's it's our sport kind of pushes it on its own like we do it's we're pretty advanced technologically and um we do a ton like our kids have access to every game that's played um 
collegiately across the country. Like we've all got a portal that we, you know, pay for annually where we, every match is recorded. You can go back and look at your skills that are already cut. Like it's, it's pretty crazy where we've gotten to as a sport. It's yeah, it's pretty amazing. So that in itself, but yeah, I mean, there's things that we do in practice or on the bench where we're getting stats that are being updated live as we're going. And it's, it's to the smallest degree and, and big picture things. And so I think there's always ways to incorporate that. Um, whether it's like statistics or like video replay, if someone's just watching what they've just done, um, because kids learn in different ways and, and we as coaches, um, you know, coach in different ways. Maybe we are, maybe we need more statistics. Maybe we need less. It just kind of depends. But, um, I think our sport is pretty, pretty ahead of, of the, of the game in that way. Like we just do a ton with that. And, and I, and I love that part of things. Like it's, I never feel like I have it all conquered. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. there's always something new to learn with regard to technology. Yeah, that's cool. So you wrap up at Wisconsin, your, what do we call this? What do we call this year after period? <laughs> your My volunteer year. Volunteer <laughs> year. There we go. All right. Yeah. So you finish up your volunteer year and, uh, and what happens next? Um, I, I start coaching club cause that's when the season starts. You know, I'm coaching a, a 14 year old boys team and a 14 year old girls team at the same time, which is crazy. Oh, man. And I loved it, but I'm were doing that just, while I'm were they, the they're not going to listen to this. Were they brats? No, they were actually, that was my favorite age group to coach. Cause they're, they're, they're just down to soak it all up. You know, they, they want want all the knowledge and the boys in our area, like weren't, you know, they hadn't been exposed to a ton of volleyball yet. Um, and they still play on the lower net, the girls height net. So they got to, you know, play with each other some and compete against each other. And they're all, it, they were just eager. It was cool. That, that was my favorite age group, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was pretty fulfilling too to coach yeah. that age group. That's cool. Yeah. I loved it. So yeah, I was just applying for jobs and there was a weird kind of stint where I, you know, ended up in Chicago for just a bit. And then my coach that had hired me ended up taking another job. So I back in Madison for a second and then living um, at home. I I was living with my boyfriend at the time in Madison. So I didn't ever have to go back home. Okay. 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 <laughs> I, I didn't have to go back to, to back to Portage, but um, yeah, I ended up, it was a blessing in disguise. I ended up finding um, Missouri state, which was open very late. So I got that job in June of 2014, you know, and season starts at the very beginning of August. So Wow, that was yeah. my first like full time paying gig, and yeah, I was. Is it two ter- months away from my season? Was it terrifying? Yes, I was mortified. Yeah, like, I bet. it was. I, <laughs> I was. I was scared out of my mind, but it was. It was great. Like I, I mean, I literally just pe- packed everything I could fit into my car and moved. Like drove to Springfield, um, and I didn't have a place to live. I was living in the dorms for a while, um, trying to figure out where to where to go <laughs> yeah um, i mean you're i mean yeah. you're you're like a freshman student on campus essentially yeah. you know god yeah. it has to be i mean i'm it's yeah it's just scary thinking about but ever like there those stories don't stop when you get older like in, in right. the coaching profession people do like you got hired somewhere like okay get in your car and go like it just maybe gets a little sexier like you don't have to pack your things in a car you know you can whatever someone can someone can ship them for you but that was where I was at in my 24-year-old life. So, yeah, I got in the car and went to Springfield, Missouri, in the southwest part of Missouri, and I was very nervous and for how, a lot of reasons. How did? Well, what? What are the reasons? 
I mean, I was nervous just from the coaching standpoint. Like that was, that was the first time that was my first paying gig. And then second, um, you know, and I was, I was 24. So not, you know, some of those kids were only a couple of years younger than me. So, right. So aside from that, yeah, moving into kind of the, the Baptist belt. Well, that's what I was, that's what I was wondering about. (laughs) I, I was nervous. I bet. So, I mean, what was it, what was it like? I mean, did you feel like you could really live your life? Yeah. I mean, at first I was still in a, in a stage where I was like, even though I was out, I wasn't, um, professionally, like I wasn't very open. Sure. Uh, so, you know, like I had a long-term boyfriend at that time, but I wasn't necessarily like telling my coworkers and everyone about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, fast forward however many years and you know, that, those athletes that were freshmen, um, you know, were in my engagement video to my now husband. Like it it was was cool to be, you know, come full circle in that way. But, and if there was one thing that I could change, it would definitely be just be, be open from the very beginning. If someone doesn't want to hire you for that reason, it's not somewhere you want to work. But I, I never, I had a great experience in Missouri. And I mean, I think just athletics as a whole and college towns as a whole, great places to be. There's just so many, so many people that are very accepting. And, but I, I had a great experience. It was Springfield was, was fantastic. Did any of your players ever sort of come to you like, Hey coach, uh, I just have a question for you. Uh, <laughs> I saw you, I saw you at the movies the other night. You were like holding a man's hand. I was just like <laughs> wondering what's going on. Cause I imagine it's really difficult to, I mean, that's a tough age group to keep secrets from because yeah. they are sleuths. Yeah. They are sleuths. And I think I like looking back at it, I think I got, more, I, as, as I got older, I got fewer and fewer questions. Like, do you want to date my sister? Or like, you, you know, those <laughs> sorts of things. So they definitely knew, but I'm like such a grandpa. Like I don't go out and do things ever. So like I never ran that risk of running out, running into anybody like, yeah. out on the town. So yeah, I, I didn't really, um, but I think there just came to be a point where it was like, okay, this person's in my life. They clearly support what I'm doing and vice versa. So like they're going to be at all the games that we have and travel with us every once in a while, like meet us at matches on the road. So like it just inevitably like your families and your worlds collide. Yeah. So you just kind of have to lean into it. How did you, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how did you meet your then boyfriend now husband? Um, okay. So, we actually met. Well, like I, I met him playing, just pickup volleyball. Um, I really needed to play volleyball. <laughs> yeah, you're getting a skewed view of things because that's kind of like my world, but it's not a bad place to be. Uh, not. <laughs> but that we we did meet there, but I didn't really, I did not know that he was gay at the time, and, and I was still dating somebody. So when I, um, when my ex-boyfriend and I ended up, you know, breaking things off. Um, you know, and I, I had been, I was dating now for the first time in two and a half, three years or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we, this is kind of weird, but we like met each other on Tinder <laughs> over the new year. Um, it's not weird. It, it was, it was weird. Cause like, I, I just was not like into the dating app thing, but we, we met each other on Tinder. Well, we it seemed both- like it worked pretty well for you. It, it did. We were in Kansas City. We were both randomly in Kansas City, three hours away from Springfield over the new year. Met each other on Tinder, went for a, you know, a date at a coffee shop when we got back, and the rest is history. And that was how long ago? 
oh my gosh, like four years or something. Man. We actually, as we were driving through, we drove drive through Springfield to go see his family. When we were, were driving back to Oklahoma, um, we stopped at that coffee shop and had oh, a little. Oh, come on. <laughs> But yeah, that's that was how we met. We had a little coffee date, and we really didn't spend like any days apart after that at all. Wow, really? It was just it was just on from the first. <laughs> we just leaned into latte. it. Yeah, that was kind of it. So <laughs> when you know, you know, Jake. I suppose. So yeah, we've been married a, about I don't know, just over two years. Yeah, congratulations! That's amazing. Thank you. So okay, so uh, how does your time in Missouri come to an end? Um, I was there for four seasons, uh, and it was, it was great. Like we had a ton of success in, in the volleyball side of things. Um, and then the, um, Oklahoma hired a new head coach. I, I'd known her cause I'd met her at a, a USA volleyball, uh, function. And, um, I reached out and she was looking for somebody. So I went on campus to interview and that's the first interview I'd taken in, in four years. Um, and accepted the job on the way home. Like it was, wow, it was pretty crazy. It was not my intent, but, um, it, I just knew it, there was something about it when I got on campus where I was like, this just feels right. When you know, you know, listen, exactly. you, you, you meet your boyfriend, you, you know, you know, you, know. you never spend any time apart. You take a nope. job interview, you accept it on the way home. <laughs> when right. I want something, I get, <laughs> yeah, listen, I like it. Good for you. <laughs> So was it was it difficult telling the people in Missouri that you were going to leave? Oh my gosh, it was it was terrible. And that I mean, I had been with that group that I was with. They were freshmen when I got there, and they had just finished their senior years. And and of course, all the new players that had come through and the players that had graduated. But um, the people I was working with, like it was it was tough. It was really tough. Um, but people people understand. There's never a good time for that sort of thing. Like there'll always be a reason for you to want to stay somewhere. If it's, especially if it's somewhere that's, you know, has a piece of your heart, of course, it's been, yeah. it's been good to you, you know? So yeah, it was, tough. it was tough. Well, so you get to Oklahoma and, uh, and how does that go? It was kind of fast and furious and especially because our whole staff was new. So, um, well, that's kind of know. nice though, right? I yeah. mean, you're all starting fresh together. Yeah, that's yeah. Kind of so ideal. everyone was kind of terrified. You yeah, know? But, yeah. It's nice to be terrified alongside other people. <laughs> it was it was really good though. Um, good again, good people here. Like I can't say a bad thing about about Oklahoma. We're we're surrounded by pretty awesome people here. So I I really got to know a lot of people right away. Um, you know, the volleyball team was really welcoming to us. The people across campus and athletics were super welcoming to us. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been here just over two years now, so yeah. time has well, flown by. What, how, like, how far away from campus do you live without telling me I'm, your exact address? <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably five miles from campus, not even. Like, it takes me 10 minutes max to get there. See, it's a little weird. I was talking, like I said, I was back in these Lansing over the holidays with some friends. We were talking about... Uh, another friend of ours is moving back to Michigan and potentially taking a job in Lansing, which would mean mm-hmm. just being right down the street from campus. And to me, that was alluring, but also a little scary. Like, I can't imagine living now close to a college town. I think it would sort of be bad for me, but also, <laughs> like, 
it would I don't know. It, there's something about it that would give me anxiety and I can't really explain why. Is, is it difficult being, for you? I think being further away from campus would give me anxiety just trying to get to and from work. But well, like, that's fair. But we're, we're like kind of right on the edge of Norman, so it's easy for us to get to Oklahoma City, which is 20 minutes away, and there's a okay. ton there. And, um, you know, we're far enough away from campus where it doesn't feel like I'm, like, in the middle of things. Like, we're in a, you know, a residential neighborhood. Like, I'm not going to run into any students around here. But it's, yeah, I don't I, know. I, I've always liked that. Like, when, when I kind of lived the same distance when I was at Missouri State, too. Like, we were probably 10 minutes away from campus and it was perfect yeah okay that makes sense i i, I that that helps uh, squash my fears for my friend <laughs> who might be moving back no that that sounds great so um you know how how much more responsibility once you get to oklahoma is, is sort of thrust upon you and and you know like i was sort of asking earlier i mean walk me through when you're in season um walk me through what, what a day in the life is like for you now yeah um, it's, it's very different in season, uh, where, you know, I'm a, in the office, like early, I'm just, am that, like that kind of person. I just like to be there early. So I, I like to get things done before people are there and I can get like, yeah, I'm the a, same a way. coffee in me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm there pretty early and like once we're in season and we're watching video on like opponents and things that takes up a large part of, of the morning or recruiting, like who do we need to go see or who do we need to send, you know, messages to, um, that's kind of a large part of the morning. Or if we're in like the beginning parts of the season, it's what do we need to be doing with our team this week, um, before, you know, we have to worry about playing other people. So once we get into that and then typically we, we practice in the afternoon two ish to five ish or two to it's some, somewhere in the two to six window. And then, um, and then we'll, I'll go home after that and probably do something more work related, like emails or video or workout or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to get into a little bit of a routine. Um, and the spring is just different because we get to do a lot more. Um, it's a lot more recruiting heavy in the spring, you know, that's our big recruiting window. Um, but we also get to do a lot more individual work with our kids. So we don't get to be mm -hmm. in the gym with them as much, but we get to do more like position based stuff or small group based stuff. So that's a good time for individual growth because the fall is so much focused on the team. So yeah, it's, it's different, but they're, they're like, when we get to those parts of the season, I'm like, Yes, I'm so ready for this change, and it, <laughs> it's like that every time. Yeah, but so. when you when you're in season, how much are you traveling? Um, well, when we are in the preseason, so we start practicing August that that probably first second weekend in August or week, and then we um, our first tournament will be that last weekend in August, and then we'll typically play somebody like a like an exhibition game or something the weekend before that. So we really only get like two weeks of practice and then it's like go time. Right. So we, we travel probably three of the first four weekends or two to tournaments. And then we start conference play. And in the big 12, we play on Wednesdays and either like a Friday or a Saturday. So we're um, going right away. So we could be traveling that Wednesday or that Saturday or both or neither. So there's a, there's a lot of travel, but it's, at Oklahoma, I won't speak for other schools. Like they're just, they're great about making sure we can balance the travel with school, and we don't ever miss too much, and we can make sure we've got the 
right type of travel, but yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. Like we don't really ever miss more than probably 10 days of school, nice. but, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're on the road a ton and, and we can be recruiting in the fall too. some, so right. that, that adds to things too. Well, is that, is, I imagine that can't be the easiest thing on your relationship. I mean, how do you guys balance all of that when you are gone so much for large chunks of the year? Right. Well, Hunter is a volleyball coach too. So I'm, yes. I'm lucky. Like he, he 100% gets it and he's coached, um, at the college level too. So he's, he's done his fair share of traveling, but he, um, I mean, he's got high school, vol- he's a high school volleyball coach. He coaches, he's got his own club. So he's got like four or five teams. And then he works full time at a nonprofit that we were volunteering with, um, originally. So, I honestly like he he travels quite a bit too so yeah it, the the biggest stress is just trying to figure out you know who's watching our animals <laughs> that's really it but we, no it's I joke but if he wasn't a volleyball coach it would probably be a little bit tougher but he's very supportive and fully gets it well this is why so. actors date other actors why I athletes suppose. date athletes they get it you know it's why <laughs> volleyball coaches date volleyball coaches exactly it makes sense. So what sort of relationship do you have now with your sexuality and your players? Now that you're a little bit older, you've matured a bit. I mean, I know that you're very open and honest about it. I mean, when you, you know, when you have new players that are coming to Oklahoma that you're making relationships with, when does that, if ever, become part of the conversation that you have with them? Right. Um, I, I'm pretty open on the phone. Like if someone were to ask about my family or if like, you know, it, things just kind of naturally come up as you make those relationships with an athlete and their family. Like, you know, I'm home and I'm talking to this person on the phone or this kid on the phone. And, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, Hunter's in the kitchen, you know, or Hunter's taking the dogs for a walk or something or wh- whatever it is. Like those, those things just come up or, you know, they're, they're on campus at a match and, you know, he's of course there or whatever it is. Right. So, yeah, I mean, those things kind of come up organically um, without having to like kind of force the issue. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's my favorite part of the job, though, is 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 the recruiting side, like making those relationships with with athletes. Well, and it's also such a cool thing that you get to be this mentor for young for young kids. I mean, I hate to, I don't, do you mm-hmm. call them kids? I feel like I asked another coach on this podcast once. Kids sounded strange for me, like, oh, my kids. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, they're, they're adults by the time they get to us, but I mean, they're also high schoolers plus three months a lot of the time. So, <laughs> right, you know, right, I don't know. Right. I, we, when we start that relationship with them and start getting to know them and their family and everything, I mean, they're 16 years old, you know, or we, we're starting wow. to watch them when they're 15 years old or whatever. Can't thankfully, that, that, I know that, thankfully the process has slowed down some, but I mean, yeah, they're, they're kids when we start when we start kind of getting to know each other. Right. So, But uh, what I was going to say was, you know, it, I think that's a pretty powerful thing that you get to be a mentor for them, you know, because I think in many uh, in many ways, probably for some of them, you're the first queer person that maybe they've ever known or gotten to know on a personal deep level. And I think that that has to be a pretty rewarding thing, whether or not you are 
necessarily aware of it on a daily basis. I think when you can take a step back and realize that you probably are changing a lot of minds and maybe not only their minds, but then they talk to their, their families and, and their friends about you and, and the people right. that they get to know. And I think that's what college does. A big college right. environment just breeds that sort of anyway. But, you know, right. when you can shrink it down to that personal level like that, I think what you're doing is, uh, is probably very impactful, whether or not you realize it or not. Right. I, th- I think that's like the, I, I looking back at it now, just people that I've worked with in the past, like either coached as athletes or worked with like professionally. I think, um, the best thing that I could do for myself and for someone else is to just be open and be myself. And I think that has, I mean, I think that's helped, a, a you know, one or two people across the, you know, my timeline, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, it's so crazy. Like now, as I'm like watching these kids that we, that we are recruiting and in their friend group and in their, in their life, like they're just more accepting of each other. And they have had experiences that maybe I wouldn't have had as a kid just because of how you kind of had to live your life. You know what I mean? To just, to just feel like you were being accepted. I think that's kind of something that's pretty beautiful to see like there's just i think there is a little bit more acceptance out there and kids aren't as scared to be themselves at a younger age yeah for sure i think it's great um so a question i have for you now that you are sort of in you know off season mode not that you're not working hard and and whatever (laughs) but now that you're you're home more maybe a little bit uh i want to ask are there any like are there any pop culture things that you've been waiting to catch up on now that you have more time at home, whether it's TV or movies or anything like that? What are you and Hunter watching together? What are you watching? I don't know your viewing habits. What are you watching separately? He gets so mad at me if I watch anything without him. And I, I am terrible about it. Like I do it all the time, but now do you do um, the thing where like you'll watch it, but then you will pretend like you haven't seen it and watching it a second time with him no, and be like, Oh no, my I God. Can't do that. I just tell him. And, and you know, we got this, the same shared Netflix account, but and, okay, well done. and the other day we had like kind of a, a argument about this and I'm like, he comes in the door and I'm watching something that wasn't on our Netflix list. It wasn't something we'd talked about. What was it? I just, I found one of the like three shows that existed that wasn't a show that we, and I don't even remember what it was. It yes, was like, you, oh, uh, come on. You're just embarrassed. No, I'm not. It was great. I watched all of it. Oh, okay. It was, uh, it was like, uh, it was like 18th century Britain. It was like, I can't even, I got to find it. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a message about it. Please but do. He Please ended do. up watching it with me, but he comes in and is like hotter than a pistol. He's upset <laughs> that I'm watching something. I'm like, so can you just make a list of the things that I'm allowed to watch? Because I'm very unsure. Yeah, you but. need to find the like where the Venn diagram doesn't <laughs> overlap, and you need to be able to find like what your shows like. What are like what do you like to watch that he doesn't like to watch? Yeah, I love like all the crime murder mystery shows, like anything involving that. Sign sure. me up, I will watch it. Sure, um, me too. He's me not too. super into that, and he's like, "This is why you have nightmares because you do that." But, <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, so I do. I do. I watch all those. Um, big HGTV fan. Of oh, course. wow. And wow. Wow. Wait, do you guys, big. how do you, you guys have an apartment? What's the living situation? We have a house. Oh God. Yep. And we, our last house in Missouri, he like, he's very handy. Multiple like his, his dad, his dad was a contractor and like, he would help him with all that stuff all the time. So 
I'm more of I'm better in a um, supervisory in, role. Oh, I thought you were going to say yeah. inside, and he's no. he's more outside. He he did like all of our floors at our last house, but we we're kind of starting to get into some home projects in in Oklahoma. That's something that we did more in Missouri, but okay, yeah, we like we just did a little project in our bathroom the other day, and we talked about like redoing the shower and all that. So I don't know. We've we we like to do that stuff when we can. Um, but yeah, big, big show watchers. We just watched all of you season two. Okay. I, I don't know why, but I had a feeling that you two had watched that. It, just, yeah. I, it was just, it was just a feeling I got. I haven't watched any of you. I know everybody does. I haven't watched any I, of it. We watched it immediately, but like he'll watch some of the like murder mystery types. Like we watched all of American horror story together. Um, sure. I'm trying to think what else we watched together. It is hard to remember. I watch so much TV, and then people are like, "What have you been watching?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." Yeah, I, I couldn't <laughs> I can't, tell you. Can't remember. I can't remember uh, a thing. But we'll watch stuff like after it's come out, and then we'll kind of binge watch together. That's yeah. kind of our style. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I imagine that's more fun when you're when you're with somebody to be able to just bunk. That's what I mean. Not to compare it to my parents, but that. <laughs> <laughs> the only other couple I know, um, that's what that's what they do. Like, I'll recommend shows to my parents, and they'll be like, "Well, can we watch all of it?" It's like, "Well, no, it's it's on right now." Then I'm not interested. No, yeah. we actually started watching. Uh, it's it's called The Circle, and it's like super terrible I trash. Just reality had TV. I just had somebody recommend me that. Is okay, it- well, we started watching, it and I got I got mad because there were like, as we get into episode five, they're like, "It'll be available January 8th. Which now that I think about it is today, so we have something to watch well, when he gets we, home. We know what you're doing tonight. <laughs> I was mad because we like you know we have to wait for the next six episodes. So right. Oh man, yeah. But is it is that show is that like is it campy fun or is it just like is it just kind of like bad? It's kind of bad, but I'm I'm like the worst critic. If you ask me if I like something, like the answer will always be yes. You've never hated. You've never hated anything. I have, but like I'm not like a great critic at all. No, that, no, that's not, you're a great critic because you like what you like. That everybody's a great critic, I guess. But I'm like, yeah. If there was a lack of a storyline, like I'm not super concerned about it. Like that doesn't, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You I'll, just like I'll watching watch the lot. picture. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, yeah. Well, great. Well, uh, Jake, I, I have to say this has uh, been lovely. Thank you for uh, for taking the time to chat. I feel like I've I've really gotten to know you now. This is yeah, this has yeah. been wonderful. <laughs> I've I've appreciated it, and I I appreciate what you do. Like just getting to listen to some of your other podcasts. Um, you do some some good things for our community, so thank you. Well, thank you, Jake. That means a lot to me. And uh, you know, like I say sometimes now, when I talk to people from other schools, I consider myself now an Oklahoma volleyball fan. So I will be I, I will be following uh, closely as uh, as we move forward here next season. And best of luck to you, and best of luck to Hunter. And please keep me updated on uh, how the home renovations are going. I I will. I'll send you pictures. <laughs> I appreciate. It. All right. Well, thank you, Jake. Uh, we'll uh, we'll chat soon. Okay, thanks, man. Okay, thanks, man. Bye. Bye. And just like that, everybody, it's over. Thank you very much to Jake for the time. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something about... Uh, coaching women's collegiate volleyball. I know I certainly did. I think Jake has a lot of great lessons 
to teach us. He's such a positive, influential, cool guy. I love the time. So uh, best of luck to him next season and, and to a productive offseason. Uh, go Sooners. Right? Sure. Thank you, Jake. Thank you for listening. Until next time, uh, my name is Daniel Trainer for Same Team. Hey, listen to all the other podcasts on the Outsports Network, too. Why don't you? Okay? Support everybody. A lot of good stuff happening. Until next time, Daniel Trainer for Same Team signing off. Bye.